Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization with a mission to mobilize the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Last year, their Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, or VITA program, helped 1,400 households file their taxes for free. This year, the expanded child tax credit is available to Chautauqua County households with children, even if they don't normally file taxes or have a recent income. Nearly every parent or caregiver of a child with a Social Security number can receive up to $3,600 per child, and it's not too late. Learn more at getctc.org chq. It only takes about 15 minutes online to claim the child tax credit and learn about eligibility. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit UASCC.org or UnitedWayNCC.org. We spoke with Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell about changes that are happening with the Department of Health and Human Services and more. We welcome Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell to the WRFA studios today. Hello, how are you doing? Great, Julie. Thanks for having me. So November hasn't been a quiet month in county government, and we're going to start first with your announcement last week that you would not be reappointing Health and Human Services Director Christine Schuyler. Yeah, you know, I I think what's unique about that is the press release that went out was that I would be appointing Michael Falk, who's been part of my COVID team from the very beginning, as the interim director. Uh, So with all respect, it's interesting how it got twisted around to the the statement was I'm not bringing her back. That was, you know, that is the gist of it. But the the press release that went out as the paper had covered, it's more about my not reappointing Christine. Uh, You know, I looked at this long and hard uh, over, you know, the last several months. And, you know, I made a determination when I've talked to other um, you know, people across the state, but looking at this, you know, we're putting a physician in charge of our you know, county health department. You know, the long time uh, Robert Burke was a, the county uh, health director many years ago. Uh, so we did always, not always, we, for a long time we had a physician uh, in charge of our, our public health department. So I felt that was the way to go, especially coming out of uh, the COVID pandemic and some questions and things that arose. There were three physicians that were on my team from the very beginning, from day one, Mike Falk, Brian Walters, and uh, Bob Burke. And as it turned out, I reached out to Mike and said, would you be interested in, in filling this? And he said, yes. So, you know, that's we're, we're going with a physician. It has nothing to do with gender. It has everything to do with, uh, you know, a physician. One of, the, one of my first thoughts, uh, you know, was, was somebody that just wasn't willing to leave her practice at the time. So, you know, again, I, I had other, you know, people and I was considering it. But Mike is a great choice. Um, you know, Mike was one of my top choices from the get-go. Uh, so I'm really excited. Um, you know, there will be a transition. But the, the professionalism and the expertise of, of Christine's team um, in her absence is second to none. So I know that the professionalism will continue. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. I wish nothing but the best for Christine there. You know, again, <laughs> if you read the paper recently, you know, tensions arise. There, there isn't tension. Um, you know, we, we left amicably and, you know, that's, uh, and that's where it is. So, uh, you know, Christine's helped uh, this transition. I, I made an announcement to her personally uh, about four weeks ago now. So, um, you know, this is where we are. Uh, Mike's uh, decided to come on board, John Anderson. There's some technicalities with this uh, because Christine was also the, dep- the commissioner of social services. So in her absence, God forbid something were to happen to her at any rate, you know, she wasn't able to return. 
we had to have somebody from inside the organization. And John Anderson is the deputy director. So John is filling that interim director of social services. So we, uh, you know, this, it, some people may think it's a surprise as if something was, you know, going on behind closed doors, the secrecy, and it really isn't. It's just before we made a full announcement, we had to have all of our ducks in a row to make sure that the county was covered, uh, both legally from a liability standpoint. So, you know, we made the decision and, um, you know, we'll just move on and, you know, make sure. That, and again, I, I've I've reassured people there were some questions that, you know, were concerned about some moves we're taking. And I, I said, well, if there's any lack of service or, or a diminishing of services, let me know. Because the intent is to, as I've said in my county, uh, state of the county, efficient, effective county government. And we're going to continue with that. Is this something that, you know, that you have support from the county health board on? Uh, the county health board, uh, you know, I had reached out to the president, Lillian A. She understood. We had a discussion about this. She understood. And, um, you know, no one has rose in opposition. I haven't received anything in opposition uh, to this. And so, you know, we're, we're living and just, you know, we're moving forward. And, and uh, you know, as at this time, uh, you know, I don't know if there's support, but they haven't had any opposition. You know, they understand, um, you know, where I'm at and, you know, the decision I've been made or that I've made. Uh, so, again, they, they do support that. They aren't... Uh, you know, filing anything saying that they're, uh, you know, not in support. Mm -hmm. So it was about 11 years ago that the Department of Public Health and the Department of Social Services merged. So are you looking at another restructuring or merger of departments? <laughs> so, yeah, surprisingly we are. You know, this is this is a unique thing. You know, people, a lot of the people with criticism, you know, this has always been this way. No, it hasn't. You know, 11 years ago, we combined those two departments. Um, so what we're doing is now going to integrate um, social services with our mental hygiene department. So uh, Carmela Hernandez, our director of mental hygiene, has been out talking to other counties as well. What people have to realize is the model we were following was Cayuga County, and that model no longer exists. They don't have social services and health department together. As I've said before, and people have heard me say it on this, New York State is consistently inconsistent. There is no formal model of how departments should be you know, combined or integrated or merged. Uh, some have public health and mental health, some have public health by themselves, social services by themselves. So everything's a little different. We're following a model that's been used in Orange County, and we're also following the same model is being used in Shimon County. Still, what it's going to be are standalone departments, if you will. Social services is going to continue with social services. John Anderson is the deputy director right now, and Leanna Luca Conley. So for the people across the street at SCOB, it's just going to be the same reporting structure. There's a few uh, high-level executive uh, people that will have a different uh, reporting structure, and that will report to John and then Carmela Hernandez. Uh, mental hygiene is going to stay where it is. But when we looked at this, and the reason behind this is getting those two services together to what I, I could like to call a wraparound for our, our residents because many of those residents, not all, but many of them are receiving services from both our mental hygiene department and social services. Now, again, that's not always the case, but many times we found that there are, you know, cases where the, the two departments overlap and we felt what better way to make sure we don't have anybody slipping through the cracks. And then we are doing the most we can for our residents to provide effective, efficient services. Because as I've been told, as this has started about some four weeks ago now, there are certain things that can and can't be discussed even between the departments. So there will be some roadblocks as far as 
what can happen and what can't happen as far as dialogue between the two. But the integration of those two departments is critical to, you know, uh, creating a streamlined service. And, and this is something that, you know, we're moving on and Christine has been very supportive of, too, is, a, you know, kind of a one-stop shop for all of our public health and social service needs, along with mental hygiene. So we're moving in that direction. There's a few more things uh, yet to come. Uh, hopefully, we'll be re- revealing those in the near future. But right now, um, this uh, reorganization has been going on for about four weeks now with mental hygiene. And social services. So that'll be, you know, Department of Mental Hygiene and Social Services, you know, DMHSS. Uh, so a couple of new acronyms to learn, but nonetheless, uh, what has been exciting in listening to those uh, discussions are, you know, I left the departments in charge. You know how to make this happen. You know how to do this the best. So that's, you know, we're empowering our employees to have, you know, leadership and guidance of where we're going to go in the future. Uh, a lot of good dialogue, a lot of uh, organic dialogues popped up. The departments have reached out to other departments um, within you know, those groups, and they're starting to have those dialogues. And really what it is is it's an effective communication to make sure that you know, we hear this about doctors. You know, one doctor prescribes you this, another doctor prescribes you another medication. At the end, the, the medications may be working together or in, in opposition. We just don't want to do that in county government. We don't want people to be confused to say, well, my, per- my social worker said this is most important, but my counselor said this is most important. So what is the most important thing for me to do to remedy this situation or to get you know care or whatever? So that's what we're looking at is, is having those team huddles where they can happen and say, okay. And we did it with what we call patient, you know, um, client one or client zero rather, excuse me. And we looked at a clients that were, that were being dealt with in both departments. And we signed a waiver to, to allow the departments to talk and you know the, uh, the effect was great. So going to continue that you know it's really about getting the most effective uh, treatments and care for our residents mm-hmm. from a um, uh, maybe not services related standpoint uh, does the legislature have to approve anything with us obviously the budget's already been approved for 2023 and is there any budget implications for the merger no there isn't and there's there's no salary changes uh, there well there will be salary changes as far as our you know upcoming uh, increases in the budget but budgetarily they're still the same we i didn't know how long this is going to take and we're going to roll this out and you know within the next month so budgetarily they're still in their own silos if you will i don't like those terms but that's the one we, we tend to use all the time um and then next year there will still we still want to focus on social services having its um its budget along with mental hygiene and then where they can be combined we'll, we'll focus on that going forward but we're also looking at a restructuring of their finance department so I don't want to move people a couple of times. I don't want to say, okay, well, we're taking the fiscal group from social services, moving over with mental hygiene. Oh, then a couple months later, we're going to move you back into a centralized financial department. So again, this is something that, that I started, actually wanted to start uh, in my first, you know, t- my first year I was appointed, unfortunately. With COVID, we got sidetracked. So um, we're moving that along. Kitty Crow's been an in- instrumental in uh, creating that centralized uh, fiscal de- financial department. So Again, there's a lot of moving pieces, but we're doing it in a manner where it's going to take time. Will there be bumps in the road? Certainly. But taking our time, doing it the right way is what I feel is going to be most effective. And you, I remember you had talked about wanting to centralize financial services in earlier interviews. I forget how many months ago that was. but So this is, yeah, this has been some of, I call them, 
grand plan. So between uh, what's happening with departments. Um, looking at Chemung and Orange County, have, have you seen where the, the combining of those departments has helped them maybe get more monies or, for, or more grants? You know, that I don't know. I'd have to reach out. Uh, I'm very close with Steve Newhouse, the county executive in Orange County. Uh, in fact, we're going to be together. Uh, I do have a meeting uh, coming up with him. So, uh, you know, those will be things we, we bounce off. I, I don't know if it's getting more money. There, there shouldn't be a reduction in grant funding. I could tell you that. But there might be some unique opportunities to where grant funding will be utilized by both. And, and the hope is if we could gain more grant funding by this new merger. Take it back. I don't want to create a merger. That's not what we're doing. But a, a, this integration, that if this integration allows us to you know, capture more grant funding, then that's all the better for the county and our residents. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there aren't any really initial savings from doing it. It's just maybe an efficiency of processes. Correct. There's an efficiency measure. And, and over time, we should see those, uh, those savings as we go down. But again, it's just... You know, no matter being in this now for three years, when you say something, you kind of hold you to, well, you said there's going to be a cost reduction. There's, We don't know. If there's a cost reduction, great. Then that's that's the end goal. Of course, that's obviously our goal. But, um, you know, we just also want to focus on, you know, redundancy. How many departments um, are doing the same duplication of services where you have three people in three different departments doing the same thing could be streamlined to one person or two people, and then allowing those those services within finance and the fiscal elements that need more more attention, then we can you know flex some people and you know move them into not to other departments, but move them into areas where their their skills can be utilized. The other thing I've really been focused on is cross training a lot of our employees to make sure that within departments, and I've been urging this of our our department heads is making sure people are are well-trained, um, you know, in, in multiple tasks. We know there are very, you know, department-specific functions, but, you know, how do we spread that out, you know, and, and have other people knowing jobs? One, for promotion's sake, two, for advancement within the department, but but three, you know, somebody's out sick, then the job can still get done. You know, God forbid something happened to somebody. I'm, one of my one of my department heads calls it the bus theory. If you walk out and get hit by a bus, you know, what's going to happen? You know, where is the rest of the team going to go? So I want to make sure that God forbid anything happened to any of our employees, um, that we would be able to, you know, pick up the ball and continue the job. So these things take time and, um, you know, all good things come. And, you know, and I, I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing here in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not been an easy month in terms of uh, one of your buildings in Mayville. Unfortunately, uh, uh, you had challenges with the hall, our clothier building, which has been closed, I think, since the first week of November. Uh, so can you give us a status on, on what is happening? I, I understand there have been a water line break and there's been repairs. Uh, but as, And people in the city of Jamestown, especially if you speak to our, our police and fire department, understand how long it can take sometimes to get something fixed when there's been water damage. Well, yeah, that's, you know, and first of all, hats off to Josh Rothwell, Drew Rogers, all our department heads within the HRC, all of our employees have done a tremendous amount uh, of work, have really been flexible in getting into work, getting the job done when they're not able to be in their offices. When I walked in that first morning, uh, I remember I was, I was uh, you know, I, as I always do, is had my workout in the morning and I got a, I got a call from our uh, DPF director at 6.15 and that immediate flash is this isn't good. Uh, you hope something wasn't, you know, wrong with, with our, our DPF director himself and then, okay, I'm thinking, okay, there aren't any plows on the road. We couldn't have had, and just trying to run through your mind, you know, those little quick things. Um, they said there was a water leak and... Um, you know, I thought, well, step back, you know, let your crews, you got the professionals there, let them deal with it. And the more I started to hear, the more 
it was getting to be a little intense. And um, so I, you know, went right up there from the gym. <laughs> I had, uh, you know, shorts and, and my sweatshirt on. And uh, our staff was great. They were got right on top of it. They reached out to professionals. Viking Services uh, has been helping us out, you know, getting restoration back. But, yeah, when you, when you get into that, you realize that, they told us when, when water leaks like this happen, if it's somewhere in the roof, it usually starts like a pyramid. You know, you have a leak at the top and it fans out. Well, here, it was just the opposite. The, it was an upside-down pyramid and that the water spread across the fourth floor and started to narrow as it got down. So there was a small spot on the first floor, uh, which is occupied by OFA and the Public Defender's Office. The basement, um, the basement didn't have any damage, significant damage, I should say, or water. Because what people forgot was we were still in early voting, and it was the week before the election. So when I reached out to our commissioners, they're like, "We can't slow down. We can't stop. If this stuff is ruined by water, I don't know what's going to happen." Uh, so luckily, we dodged, uh, you know, dodged a bullet there. But <clears throat> you know, when you get into the ceiling tile, you know, we had um, you know some fire retardant spray that went and. Uh, material that was damaged so you had to replace that we had water you know soaking our uh, insulation around heating ducts and piping so we had to replace all that and the wall coverings were coming off some of the textured wallpaper we had that has to come down it has to be repainted and respackled and if we're not putting something back up we have to refinish it you know with joint compound and drywall so there's just a ton going on and uh, the first day originally our our uh Elevators were shut down because there was actually standing water in the uh, in the in the shafts themselves, but also on top where all the electronics are. So, yeah, we we just it really wasn't a good couple of days. But uh, efforts I was there on Friday before I left for the day. Uh, efforts have been uh, going on to maintain uh, you know some solid um, restoration, and uh, hopefully this week again I put out a, a news release a press release that will still be close to the public in the hopes that um, you know with the holiday and, and they're great uh, professionals that they'll be able to get the work done. They've been working on the weekends, uh, replacing carpeting, getting things back. So, yeah, it's been a lot going on over at HRC. Uh, so I appreciate everybody, especially our public who's been flexible with, with what's been going on. And uh, in terms of, I, there, I know that I think it's the second, third, and fourth floor is affected. Uh, in terms of the services, are, are there other ways that people can access those services if they can't come to Mayville? Well, what we've said is in, in those instances, there are caseworkers or direct contacts, and those people have been you know, in touch with the, those providers. So we've, I've left it up to the professionals uh, in our departments to make sure that they're contacting staff or clients, whatever they needed to do. So uh, you know, when it first came out, one of the, <clears throat> you know, one of the uh, statements that came out with the press release was, you know, either be return to work uh, the next day, I said, unless otherwise told by your supervisor. So our teams have really done a great job of stepping up informing those who need to be there, uh, coming in and getting, you know, uh, some items where they can work remotely. And I'm, I'm sure that there were some personal items that people lost, you know, whether it's pictures from your kids or, you know, um, different things. I, I know that just when I walked in and heard and saw the, the, the water, it was just, you know, my heart sunk. It just wasn't, wasn't anything but, you know, hats off to our crews, Josh Rothwell, Drew Rogers, and their entire cleaning staff and, and maintenance staff at HRC has been phenomenal. And I hate to ask this question because you probably don't know yet, but has there been any kind of cost? Is this covered by insurance? or Actually, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because the day after this happened, um, I'm on the board of governors for NIMER, on the board of directors for our New York State Municipal Insurance Reciprocal. So um, that's our insurance carrier. Yeah, so, yeah, there is a cost. And when I first met with Dennis Brooks, who's been through this before, and, and even our, our – 
employees. I know Christine Schuyler had commented you know, they pulled out the folder from the, uh, the graph building fire and knew how to fill out the forms and what needed to be done. But Dennis Brooks, uh, who does our workman's comp, but also a lot of our, our risk management and loss, uh, he and I first talked and we thought, oh, about a fifty dollars to $100,000. And I think right now we're, we're inching close to half a million, you know, between three to 500000 We had technology that was lost, server, not so much servers, you know, computers, uh, different types of things. So all in all, um, I come to find out I wasn't the only governor, uh, board of governors member that had a claim against Nimer. So uh, it was reassuring and uh, just was able to touch base with our, our carrier immediately when I was out there. So yeah, it's going to be a pretty hefty bill, uh, unfortunately, when you look at you know getting everything. And, and we need to replace this because anything else, if if you don't replace things that are saturated with water, then you have, you know, whether it's mold and mildew or a must problem, then you're just kicking the can and you create more problems down the road. So, you know, we're replacing things. And really, we had a project that was supposed to go underway in January of this year, uh, putting carpeting, replacing carpeting on our, what I call the landings. As soon as you get out of our elevators, they're terrazzo now and those red carpets that are down there we take care of and manage ourselves but i really want something more uniform to where it looks the same um, and actually when you get off there's a different texture so the texture of that carpet will be a little bit heavier more coarse to get things you know the grime off your shoes so when you traverse down the hallways it should be cleaner and less actually less work for our cleaners as we go forward so a little method to our madness uh something we're looking at but ironically those projects are all going to kind of roll into one another here as we get started Great. So uh, we're going to move on to some some better news now. Uh, you know, we learned this month earlier that phase two of the West Side Sewer Extension Project has been awarded $6 million in water infrastructure improvement grants from the state. So how much more do you, is needed to fully fund that phase? And also, I know we're in the middle of phase one right now. Mm-hmm. So what's the status of those projects? Well, I can tell you phase one, I just got a report uh, for our, our annual review of our uh, South Center Sewer Lake District Director. Uh, Tom Walsh, and he said they're right on budget and really on schedule. Uh, no, not many delays. The The price tag of phase two is higher than phase one. We're not really sure why, because we don't have to go under 394 as many times as we did on the phase one project. We don't have to go under creeks, like, such as Goose Creek and others, as we did in the phase one project. So, uh, you know, our our the engineers have given us those numbers. Um, you know, I reached out with Tom. We had a pretty lengthy conversation about this. So we're hoping that those that $22 million price tag starts to come down. They're very confident. We're going to be looking somewhere around $15 million, maybe a little less. Um, those are our hopes, of course. You know, we had $6 million. The hopes are we still have other grant uh, funding applied for. If that money comes back through, you know, I'd like to see us get another, you know, 6 to $7 million uh, because what that would then do is we have $7 million appropriated in the ARPA funding for phase two. If that were the case, then that money, if it's not using used to the store project, then it would go back into our ARPA um, pot and we do have you know some requests from other departments as to you know what we could do if we were to receive more money. That's always been my hope from the beginning. We wanted to you know we wanted to fund this because this this sewer project is so huge when it comes to the cleanliness of our lake. You know, Tom was talking to me and he gave me a handout that I keep in my my county vehicle. Uh, right now, there's about 84 million gallons of wastewater that goes into the aquifer, not into the lake, but into the aquifer. It percolates down through. If we put be about 1,500 customers on the sewer system that were between phase one and phase two, that takes about 54 million gallons out and is treated. 
So that's 54 million gallons of less, you know, water going into our aquifer and it's being actually treated, um, you know, within our, our wastewater treatment facilities. Big impact when it comes to the cleanliness. I know places, um, I believe it was Lime Lake. Uh, there's been a couple other lakes in uh, this part of New York where they had a sewer line completed around it and the cleanliness and clarity increased in about three years. So again, that is our hope. Um, and we're very confident, not a really hope, we're, we're confident that will happen. It just, you know, takes a long time. It, you know, again, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it was, a, it was a challenge and a frustration back then to look at that $4 million price tag of continuing this sewer line around the lake back in the early 70s, as I'm told, you know, the urban, urban legends as to, you know, unfortunately things we, we you know, may not have had been 100% accurate on. Uh, but the funding wasn't there and the, the desire wasn't there to fund that project. And now that to finish up that $4 million price tag, we're looking, you know, these two projects alone are, are close to $40 million. So yeah, we're looking at a pretty big price tag, you know, to complete this project. And, and this is something we've, we've uh, been working for all along. And, you know, my hopes are, you know, I know Raleigh Kidder, this has been something he's been plugging away at. Uh, I've jokingly said that's, you know, be able to, you know, talk to him and say, hey, we did it. You know, we finally got this completed. So that's our goal. There's once we have phase one and phase two, there's a small portion yet to complete. And we're working on that as well. Mm -hmm. and, and so remind anyone listening is that phase one goes from uh, in Nashville out to the Hamlet Stowe. And then phase two, we go from that point out to town of Chautauqua. Yep. Yeah, the Prendergast point. So we're excited. Um, and again, uh, a lot of people are excited. Uh, you know, they're going to be back on a lot of questions. You know, people live in those areas. There's going to be cost. Uh, but what we found is, you know, talking to, to Tom from the sewer district, you know, people buy a cottage, you know, that was built in, you know, maybe the 30s or 40s uh, for a you know, family of four to be used a couple of times here and there. Um, you know, so the sewer, septic system there might be very small. In fact, I heard of one story. They had a, a family get together celebrating somebody's, I don't know, 40th wedding anniversary or something like that. And a large number of people were there and the septic system backed up. Well, it wasn't designed for 60 to 80 people <laughs> on a weekend or a day. Uh, we're finding out some of these septics are, um, you know, inadequate for what, you know, we're doing right now as far as the residents. And unfortunately, you don't know there's a problem until there's a problem, uh, until it's not working. So in this case, they said that, you know, uh, there was some raw sewage, it was backed up, you know, very close to the lake. So we want to make sure those things don't happen. Um, you know, we'd, again, we're very understanding of these people that have um, you know, septic systems now that may have replaced them in recent years. And now we're telling them, you know, by this time you must uh, hook up uh, to the, the system. But again, it's, it's really, the goal is to improve the cleanliness of our lake and also, you know, maintaining, um, you know, a healthy water system. Mm -hmm. And obviously, when you talk about like septic system, people, you think about, you know, what's going down the toilets and stuff. But also, uh, when pe people are, are washing clothes and all that, that goes into the septic system as well. And as we've heard continuously from, you know, the Watershed Conservancy, uh, is that phosphorus, you know, from mm -hmm. our soaps and stuff, is that that affects the health of the lake and our watershed greatly as well. Correct. There's so many things that are really, you know, going into this. And it's, you know, there is a lot more um, awareness of what we're doing and what we're putting in the lake and what we what we need to keep out of the lake. Um, so those are constant ongoing issues. But you're right. People don't realize, you know, where does my water go when I wash my clothes? Uh, you know, and you listen to people that have, you know, a little bit older than I am. They said, you know, back in the day, the family cottage, you, you know, the sewer went right out into the lake, you know, in the 30s and 40s. And, and that's just how it went. Um so obviously we're we're much more uh, 
sophisticated, <laughs> civilized, I guess, if you will. But uh, with all those things are a cost, and we just want to make sure that we're protecting our residents and that body of water that brings so much to our community and county. So November is a time when <coughs> a lot of folks begin shopping for the holidays, and local business community uh, also jumps on this as well, and they have something encourage, uh, planned to encourage folks to do that locally this Saturday. Right, Small Business uh, Saturday. You know, we, I'll encourage everybody to shop local. That's really big. Uh, we were here last week at CHQ Plus right down the street here on 3rd Street. Uh, a real good uh, integrated service with the Resource Center, um, you know, helping people uh, with disabil- disabilities, working, uh, integrating themselves in the community, becoming more financially stable. Uh, so really good opportunity. Some great items in there. I did talk to somebody, um, you know, they do some bags for the military and, and high grade um, heavy duty bag. Uh, so I reached out, I want to <laughs> see if they could help me, uh, you know, get a garment bag. And so there's different things though that, that are there. So a couple of different artisans throughout the county. So it's really great. I encourage everybody, but also all of our small businesses, really. There's so many of them. You look at Dot's Gift Boutique. You, I don't want to, you know, you got CHQ Plus, you've got, you know, Chautauqua Soap. There's so many here. I don't mean to leave anybody out. I just, you know, forget on, on Third Street, but there's so many here. But that's really the, the bread and butter of Chautauqua County, a number of small businesses. So get out that Saturday and, uh, you know, support, shop local. It's, it's big, you know, not only for the economy, but um, there's a lot of unique things that you're just not going to find anywhere. So anywhere else. So really excited. Get out there, shop local and uh, support our local businesses. Mm-hmm. So when this airs, a lot of folks will be enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday. And I thought, you know, what what would you like to share with us that you're thankful for this season? Wow. You know, that's a good question. I, I guess a lot of times, you know, I, I'm thankful, uh, you know, my family and I, we're not struggling, um, you know, with whether it's financial hardships or you know, different things with illness along the lines. I know there's, you know, I guess I'm thankful that I'm, I don't know how to put this out, if it's even the right way to say it, but I'm I'm thankful that I'm not having to go through any hardships that I hear so many of our residents are dealing with, whether it's the loss of a child or a loved one, or loss of your job or businesses closing, those types of things. I'm, we're just thankful, you know, for all that, obviously thankful for my family, my close friends, um, you know, people I rely on in county government and in my personal life. And just thankful for all of the residents here in our county who, you know, you listen to, you know, people talking and the people that have left and you know, people that have gone. And, and I, I'm thankful for the people that have stayed here and willing to come here and make Chautauqua County their home and, you know, to, to really, you know, make the best of this area. Um, and just, you know, thankful for every day, you know, waking up and there's a new day out there. And we're not, you know, I, I, I have, you know, distant family still in the Ukraine and that we're not dealing with a war and people aren't attacking our borders. And, you know, we don't know if we're going to have food, you know, on the table tomorrow or things like that. So, you know, I'm just thankful that, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm living a very healthy life and I've got a great, you know, system of people around me. And I'm very thankful for our, our uh, you know, all my employees that work at the county, whether it's, uh, you know, you're working in the office, you're out plowing the roads or anything, um, our EMS staff, everybody, and, and just thankful for everything that, uh, you know, we're, we're doing okay. And uh, I, guess, I guess I'm not, you know, faced with some of the hardships I'm hearing and reading about from other families. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us uh, before we go? No, I think it's, you know, you really made a good point is, you know, sitting down and spending time with family. This is that time of the year, um, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas where, um, you know, it's time to reach out to family and friends and put things aside. And, um, you know, my hopes are, you know, in the upcoming future, we can start to, you know, really, <laughs> I'm sure there's gonna be people rolling their eyes when they hear this, but we can start to mend our country. 
I think we do a really good job here in Chautauqua County when it comes to government and how we, we do things and, you know, our communities across the board. But when you look at the divide here in our nation, it's really something that, you know, we need to be working and cognizant of moving forward on. So, um, you know, that's the one thing is, you know, just kind of pray for peace and pray that, you know, we do come together as a country and we're not, you know, I think Abraham Lincoln, a house divided will never stand. So, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, we all compromise. We're not all going to agree to everything, but compromise really gets us a long way. Okay. County Executive P.J. Wendell, thanks for being with us. No, thanks for having me.